Fantastic. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to this evening's. This is going to be the last um, on Luke for a while. I'm just going to push pause. We've done about uh, 20 hours of teaching on Luke so far, probably a bit more than that. Can you so? And I've missed out chunks as well. We've just got to the end of chapter 10, which is what I'm going to finish off today. But it just shows you the, you know, how when we plow, when we climb the mountain step by step, you know, it's a completely different journey in a way. But I hope you're getting something out of it. I'm doing it deliberately because we can be very comfortable with our level of Bible knowledge. We read in a certain way. We we have various preachers that we listen to, perhaps online or books that we read. And we can be quite in that comfortable environment. But it, there is always a going deeper. Always. Always going a deeper for everybody. None of us have got full understanding because the Holy Spirit is still to bring understanding. You know, and so uh, even familiar passages, um, there is much that we can just go deeper on today. Um, I'm just going to uh, finish off chapter 10, as I say, I'm opening prayer. And uh, now this may be a very sh a much shorter preach because I've got to disappear and, and, and go and, and sort some stuff out. So I'm going to bring it down just to that chapter uh, for today. Then I'm going to press pause. Then Pastor James is going to pick up for uh, whatever he needs to do because I'm away next week and onwards for a bit of time there. And then I will pick up Luke's gospel when, when, it's, when it's appropriate and we'll carry on. Okay. All right. So, Father, we just come before you. We thank you again for the privilege of being able to study your word. Father God, let us not be too familiar with that which we know. But, Lord, we, we just say continue to shape us and to sharpen us, Lord. Quicken the word to our spirit. The word actually is you. It contains you. And, Lord, help us to keep close to that element, that unis that's within it. And, Father, as we move forward with these, these verses in Luke, open our eyes again, as the psalmist says, to behold wondrous things. Your word is wondrous. And Lord God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and then welcome if anybody's uh, listening or watching online as well. And I will say I'm grateful to you, Ola. I'm grateful to the way that you're moving me, kick, kick, kicking and screaming into, uh, you know, that online side of things. I'm grateful and for, you know, everybody, what they do on a Sunday as well in that area. Um, I'm amazed the number of people to say I'm listening online. I'm amazed. I'm just amazed. And uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Right, we're continuing with this chapter, uh, chapter 10, and a lot of Luke's gospel is one journey. I want to say this, are you on that uh, one journey? You know, we're on that journey through life, and, and, and what uh, Jesus is doing here, he's now heading to the cross, and it's chapter after chapter, verse after verse, of Jesus teaching his disciples. And the, and the essence of what he's saying is this, I'm not going to be with you long. You've got to get certain truths into your life because I need you to operate in them, if you like, before I go. Now, we know that he has a, you know, another way of it, but, but, but it's hard to operate after shock. And the, and the cross is going to be a shock to the system. It's such a shock that we know that all the disciples run. One of the disciples denies. Other disciples run away naked. You know, there's a whole raft of, of things that just go on turmoil. And yet we know that things then settle down because Jesus, after the cross, reappears. Uh, he instructs. 
And then the Holy Spirit comes down as Jesus has ascended into heaven. We know the next part. But these are groundings and these are important things that he's telling his disciples because I'm not going to be here forever in that sense. And if they're important then, they're important now. They really are. And so there's a seriousness to what Jesus is teaching. It's like he says it sets his face. It's, it's, it's like you, you've known me, in, in, but if you look at me now, there is a, a seriousness about what I'm saying. Um, the Bible says he sets his face. And I, and I wonder, if he, you know, would he have got emotional if he didn't set his face? You know, in his humanity, it's almost like he's, he's, he's wanting human company. We, we get this. Don't we? we get, we get this. this. He goes to uh, Gethsemane. He needs human company. And so in his humanity, he goes to, to Bethany. Uh, and, he, you know, he's, he's, he's amongst friends there and being looked after. So there's a whole we're after stuff. But we're just going to, and again, this, day, this teaching is not going to be too long today because of the stuff I've got to do. Now, if I was to ask you a question, uh, there, there would probably be two parables that most people would say are the predominant parables that they remember uh, and can recall in Scripture. Give me, give me a couple of those, those, those parables that you, 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 you think. What, if I was to say name a famous parable, give me one. Prodigal son is one of them. Thank you. A parable of the seed. Thank you. So the sower going out to sow his seed. Thank you. So the, the um, uh, prodigal son, the, the seed. Anything else at all? Say again. The lost coin. Right. So now we're into the, just a little bit for the prodigal son. So we get the lost coin, we get the lost sheep, and then we get the lost son. The ten virgins now. Are they ready? They're ready for the return of the Lord. So that, that would be another one. And, and the other ones are parables. We've got one that's just coming up. The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. The very Good Samaritan. All right. And so two predominant, and those two parables, the prodigal and the Good Samaritan, are only found in Luke. So these are, you know, significant ones. And we've got this here. So can we, um, all right, now let me, let me just touch on this first of all. Has anybody ever tried to trip you up? with a spiritual question with a loaded question they're they're after some sort of response from you anybody yeah yeah can you give an example of it at all you just shout it for me just shout it a little bit that's it yes I'm sorry, I'm not catching it. Just shout it. Yeah, it's all right. It's on. It's, it's on. It's just the, the volume is not so loud as it, it can be. God was real. No, no, no God was male. male. God was male. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, what, what was their motivation for asking that of you? What was their motivation? Uh, so, yesterday in, in literature studies, I um, answered the question really well. And people yes. thought that they were trying to um, questionnaire me. So they asked me that question. Yes. And uh, I didn't really know what to say because I knew that Jesus was real. Yes. And I knew that God was the Father, but yes. no one's no, no one's actually seen God. So they can't just say God's yes. male or female. Yeah. All right. That's, that's, a, that's a very good answer. And we can pick up that at some other time. All right. But he is Father God. Okay. So as you said, okay. So, so, so God... Um, if you like, for using that silly word, identifies, is identifiable as the father, okay, the, the giver of life, the father. 
uh, and Jesus is most certainly male. He was born a, a, a male. So there is, there is gender in, in the way God chooses to identify himself, although he is, in, in essence, spirit. Um, how he manifests himself on this earth is, is male and female. All right. And so is, is, is God male? God identifies as the father. Okay. So you can't have uh, mother God. It's always going to be father God. And that's pushing. You know, so you answered well. You answered well. Now, um, I had, a, 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 well, probably a year and a half ago now, somebody made an appointment to come and see me. I hadn't seen them before. Uh, and their, their um, opening question to me here was, what are your views on homosexuality? And so I, I said, well, my views are the views that are in the Bible. You know, because I don't know who I'm speaking to. I don't know what their agenda is. I don't know, you know. Uh, and so, well, what's your views on, on gay marriage? I said, well, my, my, my views are what I believe the father's views are on marriage. Uh, and the importance of it, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and this is something that he has set in place. And, and, and so we talked about this in detail, but that was her opening question to me. And I said, can I ask you why? Why have you, well, she said, my, my brother's in a gay marriage. And I said, okay. And I went through and I described, you know, how, how we believe certain things are sin because God says they're sin and, and because he's created us in certain ways. But we, we, although we don't like the sin, we love the person. We're not against people. We are simply against the sin. And I said, I'm going to be very clear on it. And as a, as a church, we are a fundamental Bible-believing church. That will never change. That will never change. And so that's what we are. And I said, so how do you feel about that? She said, well, I don't know much about that, what you've just said. But if you'd have, if you like, fudge the question in other words you'd have you'd have gone around the houses i wouldn't want to come to the church and from then on she came to the church you know now she may disagree with some of the points that i brought up but the fact that there was somebody that she could talk to who believed what they believed and said what they said and and you know i will always say this at the end of the day so i am struggling sue can we just I'm struggling. I know you're doing. I know you're doing your best. But, Mummy, if you can just intervene there, I've got to get this word out. All right. So we. So it's important. It's important that we know what we believe and speak it out accordingly, because people want to know something that is that is rocks. You could build your life on it. And where the churches, like the some some churches, they are moving around with their with their doctrines. I tell you, they're emptying, and I know that because we've got people come to our church from that. All right, and so it's very very important that we that we know how to answer questions. And this scripture that we're about to read is somebody coming to the Lord to trip him up, to trip him up, uh, and. Uh, we see then that the story of the Good Samaritan then comes into place. All right. So can somebody pick up from Luke chapter 10? And we're going to read verses 25 through to 29, please. Luke chapter 10, 25 to 29. Yes. 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 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We'll just pause it there. Thank you, Bernie. Okay. All right. So we have a lawyer. Now, this isn't, isn't a lawyer for courts. This is a lawyer for religious courts, because within the Jewish system, even now, they have religious lawyers. So uh, in areas of divorce, that's classed as a religious issue. And so it will come up in the religious courts. And it's something that's gone back all the way through years. So this is somebody who likes to defend the religious law. Now, what was the law in the eyes of the Jews? What are we talking about? Torah, thank you, which consists of how many books, Sue? What, what are the books to the Torah? You're on it, you're on it. Five books, five books, or the Pentateuch, you would need a bit, may not, okay, so the first five books of the Bibles, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, okay, those are your five books of the law. So this is a lawyer who knows those five books. And in there, he's got, you've got 613 various laws. And he'd be, be the one that would say, were you worried is, is um, getting an animal out of a hole because they fall in it, is that work or is it not? They still exist to this day. And you've heard me talk about the, the various things. Is switching a light switch on law or not against the law? Because are you working or are you not? Now, I grew up in a church where you would, they got mixed up with this um, as, a, as a child. I remember people that wouldn't cook on a Sunday. Just turning the cooker on, maybe being as work. People get mixed up. We're, we're away from the law. Hallelujah. You can cook on a Sunday. Praise God for I hope. Cooks on a Sunday. Eh? This here is her handiwork. <laughs> But, you, you, you get, but this is that sort of guy. He's that sort of personality. He's a tripper-upper. He's someone who's got something to prove. He's somebody who thinks he knows all there is to do about the law. But now he's speaking to the one who is the word, who is the written word. He's Jesus Christ. He is what the word was all about. You preach Jesus through Genesis, through the Leviticus. It's Jesus all the way. But he doesn't know it yet. So anyway, so this guy now, he and, and he... And he and he comes out with, and there's a lovely little play on words here that we miss again often with our translations. He asks, you know, an important question, how do I inherit eternal life? Okay, so what, what does he use here? He, he says this, teacher, in verse 25, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now that word do there in the original language is a one-off single action. What one thing shall I do to inherit eternal life. That's what he's asked. Okay, now this is how Jesus replies. He says in verse 28, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But that word for do there is ongoing. In other words, live it. Do it. Do it all the time. Okay, now what was the answer that he said? He, verse 27, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So what he's done, this clever barrister of law, religious law, he has summarized all of uh, um, uh, Deuteronomy, the law part, and he's summarized the next part, which is in Leviticus, and he's put them both together 
And the Lord says, you've done it correctly. The summary you brought is correct. But he says, now do that. Now do it. Not one off, but do it continually. Love, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, and your neighbor as yourself. In other words, with all that you take care of yourself, now go and love your neighbor. Now, what should have been his response at that point? Should have kept quiet. That would have been a good thing. But what 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 could have been his response? You are, you are actually where 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 he is. That is what he's. I'm going to teach that in a minute. But what his response should have been is: It's impossible. I can't do it. I can't love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I might love him a little bit here, and I love him a little bit there, and but I can't do it all the time. You know, I've asked you, what can I do on a day at a specific moment? And you've answered, you've got to do continually loving me with all your heart, all your soul, strength, everything. In other words, it's 24-7, no stops, no gaps. Do it. And do the same with your neighbor. You can see how he's suddenly this 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 lawyer is suddenly I'm in trouble now. I've just I've just been caught out by an answer. Now he then asks the question. He says, So love your neighbor as yourself, do this, and you will live, says the Lord. Okay. And then verse 29. But he wanting to justify himself. So you can see, you see, when you've got religious people, they always want to fight with you. They really do want to fight with you. And, uh, and, you know, and he, so he comes back and he says, well, who, who is my neighbor now? He then goes on to define what a neighbor is. And he uses his lovely parable. Now, in parables, what are certain things that you've got to remember? What's the important part of a parable? What is a parable then? Somebody, somebody define a parable for me interpretation okay so describe a parable what what is a parable then rob you're teaching say rob it's a way of teaching a lesson and it's a teaching you're right Sue. it's always a a a, a story within a story so it's, it's, it's something where you're, you're listening to it but actually what you're being taught is deeper than the subject that's covering it Say again to Rob. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's a story within a story. And so what happens with, with Jesus is he spoke in parables. In fact, the Bible says he always taught in parables. And, and, and the reason he's teaching in parables is that there will be, and you've heard me speak this sometimes, a who me moment where if you're not switched on to it, you will, be, you will just lose what he's talking about. But if actually... You are switched on. Suddenly, wait a minute. He's talking about me. He's talking about me. I'm, 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 I'm the one. Because when you we look at the the, uh, the prodigal son, you know, it's all to do with the grumbling of the of the uh, of the religious rulers and who are like the brother. 
So when he says the brother was angry and upset because, you know, we've always, I've always been around, but you've never thrown me a part in it. And, 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 and the father says, well, I would have done. You could have had one any time you like. He's actually talking about the grumbling spirit. And, and, and they would turn, ah, that's me. I grumble. I moan. And, and you see, there's a, there's a whole what me, who me type parallel there. And so at some point in this story, they are going to have a who me moment. All right. And the Lord does speak in those things. And sometimes you, you, will, you will find it yourself. Lord, that's me. Whenever you get that, that is the time where you've got to repent and say, Lord, I've just seen what you're talking about. All right. And so that's what. So can somebody pick it up for reading? Uh, let's now read from verse 30. Familiar passage. You can quote this up to 37 for me, please. Yes. Praise God. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. Yeah. thank you thank you wonderful and we could quote that without without even reading it couldn't we now i just want to go back to the attitude of this lawyer by by asking who is my neighbor He's actually saying this, I do the first part already. I do love God with all my heart. Can you imagine the pride of this? I do love God with all my soul. I do love God with all my mind. I do love God with all my strength. I just need to know now who my neighbor is because I want to make sure that I'm loving the right neighbor. You can see his heart, you know, religious, religious, um, just foolishness is coming out here. Fancy saying that you can, you can do the first bit. It's just the second bit I'm struggling with. You know, but that's, that's his attitude. It really is. And you can see how Jesus deals with this particular situation. Now, he first of all, he picks a familiar location. In fact, it's the location that they were probably walking on. The road from Jericho to Jerusalem. Don't forget he's on his final journey. And if you've, I've never been to this part of the world, but I'm told that there's a, uh, a, it's a steep hill going up into Jerusalem. So if you're coming from Jerusalem to Jericho, you're going down to Jericho, which is what the scriptures talk about there. And it was a road where you would walk in groups, bunches together, because there were security issues. 
If you walked on your own, if you walked at night, there were bandits hiding because the way the, the, the road was designed, there's caves, uh, there's areas that can be hidden. You know, I think most of us can think of areas at times where you'd be foolish to go there unprepared. I can remember, I said this a while ago, I mean, I used to work and was brought up around Woolworth in South London. And there's a market there called East, East Street Market. And East Street Market is notorious for being able to take the wallet out of your pocket at one end and sell it to you back at the other end. East, uh, near Peckham, next down the road. I never got to Peckham. I only worked, I only worked at East Street Market. Yeah, no. It's just around the corner. Yeah, and I had a, I had a flat in Camberwell. So, it, but that was the reputation of that. Now it may have changed by now because markets. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it still there? You know. But there may be locations in other areas where you where you know that's a little crime area, or you know that's a problematic area. Uh, and if you don't go with, with you know, you don't go prepared, you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. And that's what Jesus is saying. You know, there's this road, and they all would say, "Yeah, we know about this road. We know." You know, and so and 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 it's it's almost like it's the road that you're on. Now, he then describes a situation, and I think everybody's now really hanging on to his words. He said, you know, somebody was 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 robbed, beaten, and left half dead. So they're all thinking, yeah, robbed, beaten, left half dead. And he said, then then a then a a, a priest goes by, somebody of the Aaronic order goes by, and 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 won't get involved with it. Walks by on the other side, and I can imagine them all tutting. Then priests. Then he says a Levi, a Levi. Um, so this is again somebody who works in the temple, but of of a slightly lower order. So you got the uh, you got the priesthood, um, you know. So the ironic thing would be that they they were working in the temple and probably walking back so they would all have known that you know and, and and any any reasons do you think why a priest would not have got involved with somebody that they thought was dead unclean spiritual uncleanness don't get involved with 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 something that may be dead maybe not because it means a lot of things that they've got to sort out you know so so that's the first thing then a levi a levi um is somebody that works in the church it uh, works in the sorry in the temple um somebody of the uh of the levitical line so does the work in the temple but isn't of the priesthood as it were and they don't they do exactly the same thing and you can imagine the crowd then go yeah i can you know I'm probably looking around for somebody of levi uh you know now they're waiting for the next one because the next person will be somebody who will be the hero. Because in Jewish culture, you would say, you know, one negative thing about a person and a negative thing about, but the third one's the hero. It will be the Jewish Jewish man who worked in the marketplace. And they're already waiting for this, this hero moment. He's building it up. He's built, and, it, and he says, a Samaritan. And it was like a balloon just going flat. They did not like what he's just said. Because Samaritans and Jews, there was an issue. There was a big issue. There was a big issue. And I want to ask you, folks, you know, what would you do in that situation yourself? If you saw somebody uh, in that environment, I'm saying, put yourself on that road, put yourself, would you, would you, we, you know, we wouldn't naturally go, perhaps a lady wouldn't naturally go in the dark there or something. You'd be wary. And that happens. That does happen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. 
yes, yeah. So that's a potential. So, yeah. Any, any, any other? You know, would any? How, how would anybody else respond in this situation? You got your phone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as a doctor, you may have some sort of struggles yourself, I guess, if you saw somebody needing help. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you're you're weighing it up. So we're not necessarily going totally against the the priesthood here. Um, tell you a funny. I'm at the Elephant and Castle roundabout on on a night shift, and uh, I come across um, a guy lying on the pavement, and he's just just lying on the pavement. And I, I go, I can't find a pulse, and I can't find him breathing. So I give him mouth to mouth. I can still feel his bristles. I can still feel his bristles. Uh, well, he was drunk. He was drunk, but he, I thought he was dead drunk. So I've, I've got, and Guy's Hospital, where I was, is about five minutes away by ambulance. So, um, and then a car pulls up next to me and it's a member of the pipe. So they do their heart stuff. I carry on with the breathing, this, that, and the other. The ambulance pulls up and they carry on. So they stick it on there and all that sort of stuff. I, I go up there and he, he drives into, they drive in the ambulance into the open of um, Guy's Hospital that was then. It's all a different design now. And the, 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 the waiting, the crash team are all waiting for him and stuff. And the staff nurse, look, you, she says, up. And they'd had him the night before. And what he did was he went round pretending he'd, he could hold his breath. He could hold his breath and everything just went. And even the ambulance crew got caught out. It was only that she recognized him. He got out. Yeah, he was, he was after meds. It was after, it was after medication and all, all the bits and pieces. I couldn't believe it. I had my, my, my sticky lips on his lips for 20 minutes blowing into him. You know, oh, I, still, I still have bad dreams. About 50 years ago, I still have bad dreams even now. Honestly. But there's a, there's a, there's a, 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 I think I never will get caught out of that. Yeah, but it's as she said it, up, up, you were in here yesterday, you know, and we're all standing in the ambulance looking like this, you know, the old donkey ears have appeared on me and stuff like that. Anyway, I had to make teas for the, for the, my, my section for year, for months after that. But um, you live and learn. But I love what, what there was a, there's a sentence, there's an old expression I like to use. When in doubt, just do the right thing. So if there's if there's you know somebody who's who's needing some help, you can never be criticised for trying. And I think that's where these Levites and this, these priests fall, fall down. Although it's a story that, that that they made no attempt, there was no sense. You know, I mean, I don't think they even prayed for him. You see what I'm saying? I mean, we can pray, can't we? We can we can we can do stuff. And I think it's that it's that hardness of heart. That you know, without any investigation, because I wouldn't expect people to get invest investigate certain things, because you know there's risks, there's all sorts, as you say. So it could be a trap, could be a hundred and one different things, you know, with with everything else. But if in doubt, just do the right thing, you know, what you know to do, what you know to do. It's called the Swanson Rule. If you ever ever, it was a it was a senator that that, that voiced that. Now, so. This third person is, 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 is called, you know, it comes in on the scene. They think he's going to be this, this Jewish hero. Uh, but actually, 
it's not a Jewish hero. He mentions that word, which is a swear word to the Jews, and that is the word Samaritan. Samaritan. It was the worst thing you could say. And it was based on history, and, and we're not going to study this out. But basically, when the Jews were taken into captivity, some Jews stayed behind. There was nobody uh, left, so they intermarried. Uh, and then when they intermarried, they sort of became half Jewish and half not. Uh, so it was deemed that they breached the law and everything else. So the Jews didn't want anything to do with them. And so they set up their own temple. They set up their own places of worship. And instead of going to Jerusalem, they went to their own place in Samaria. And as a result, they were deemed as low life, less, less than because of their history and their background. And if you were a truly Orthodox Jew, you would miss out going there. You would, and, and you just see how many times Jesus mentions the Samaritans. He loves the Samaritans. And we can talk about stories there. So this third person is, is, is somebody they couldn't believe that he would even speak about. He's a rabbi, don't forget. Jesus has that, has that position. Okay? And so we know what he does. We, this, this, this Samaritan stops, um, and he does a lot of things. Okay, now name some of the stuff that he does to assist. Say again. He cleans. How does he do it? How does he clean the wound? He uses oil. Thank you. All right. So he uses oil and he uses wine. Um, so, you know, he's, he, he, th th those are costly items. Those are things that he's carrying. And so um, why, would he, why would he use wine, do you think? Why, why, what, what's the significance of wine? Alcohol, which means that it is clean. It's an antiseptic. Very good antiseptic. That's why, that's why uh, Paul says, you know, take a little, little alcohol um, to Timothy because his tummy was playing up. Now, I'm not saying take alcohol or anything like that at all, but you're talking culture. You're talking, and that's often what they had. Okay, and so, um, uh, so they pour alcohol into the water. It must have stung. <laughs> now, how do you stop it stinging? Oil oil olive oil okay and so perhaps you know some scented olive oil something like that so the wound is and then dressed with a bandage okay and so reminds you i must get the first aid stuff going on <laughs> anyway funny how your mind goes isn't it but yes so uh, he dresses he dresses the wound i want to say this first of all he went to him that's the first move he went to him sometimes you cannot give care from a distance We've got to show how we care by, by going to, again, cautiously, again, in the right spirit and in the right circumstance and situation. But let's just go on what we've got here. This is a guy, a Samaritan guy. He goes to a Jew, okay, uh, bandaging, pours in the wine, the antiseptic and the soothing balm. Then what does he do? Which is amazing. What does he do? Puts him on his donkey, which means he walks. For, for a Samaritan to be on a donkey and for a Jew to be standing by the donkey and leading him, unheard of, Un culturally, just unheard of. And that's what was going on there. Now, what does he do? It takes him to a hotel or something like that, um, uh, a, 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 a place, um, and he, he pays for his care. But what more does he do? Pay, and he pays in advance. He pays in advance. I mean, this is over and above and over and above and over and above, isn't it? Okay. And so, he, say again, above and beyond. Happy, happy days. All right. And so, it's, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary story. Um, and then he says to the, uh, the, the, the lawyer, 
And he says to him, and this is the question. This is the one that nails him. All right. So which of these three do you think was the neighbor to those who fell among thieves? Now note his reply in verse 37. He says, he who showed mercy on him. He could not say the word Samaritan. It's offensive to him. So he said what he did, not who he was. You can see the depth of, of the separation. Now, now Jesus is the living word says this. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Extraordinary, isn't it? Absolutely extraordinary. Um, and I should imagine there was complete silence around everybody. He's asking us to behave like a Samaritan would behave. And wait a minute, the Samaritan did good. Wait a minute, the Samaritan did very good. What do I measure up in this? I'm, I, you know, and 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 go and do likewise. And 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 the and the um, the lawyer has, has, has said, how how can I have eternal life? And so he's now linking it all together. What I've got to show mercy. I've got to show love, and I've got to keep doing it. I, you know. So what I've been doing isn't enough. I'm always going to fall short. You can see the whole argument that, that that's going on here. Go and do like this. Now we don't know what he did, but we know that's a, that's a tough old tough old lesson. Can anybody remember? So I'm going to draw this to a close in about five minutes because I just I need to zoom away. But can anybody remember a word that I talked about? That means loving kindness. And it goes all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Hebrew word, very important word in the Bible. Can anybody remember it? So I spoke. I'm talk, yeah, I'm talking about that. But I'm talking, there's a particular phrase that goes through the Bible that's, that includes that. It's called hesed, loving kindness. And New King James, that's how it translated, loving kindness. And I gave a story. Do you remember? Um, um, basically, it means this. When you deserve absolutely nothing, somebody gives you absolutely everything. You see that? At, you deserve nothing, you get everything. That's hesed. And what the Bible translates, that is loving kindness. And, and our God is the God of loving kindness. Kindness. And that's what Jesus is saying that they should do. Go and do the said. Now, do you remember the, 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 the situation, the 20, 21st century or 20th century situation that I spoke about? This picture here, do you remember? Do you remember what that's about? All right, this is Cashier uh, uh, um, Thomas, Tom, Thomas, that's right. And this is a photograph in, in, 1960, in 1996 in Michigan. Uh, and this is uh, a photograph that, that Time magazine won awards for. And this involves um, uh, uh, Kashia, and she is basically uh, attending a anti-Klu Klux Klan rally. And the way the police had set it up, you had the, the KKK on, on one side with their awful right-wing Confederate flags and all that sort of stuff going on. And then you had a counter uh, um, assembly against, you know, so they were, they were separate. But a guy from the KKK made the biggest mistake of his life and he got in the wrong group. And suddenly people turned around and they saw this guy wearing a Confederate flag, uh, you know, horrible tattoos, you know, as, 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 as right wing and as awful as you can think of. And the crowd turned on him. And now uh, Kashir, she 
she sees that he's going to be kicked to death being in that particular group. And she lies on him and she protects him. Now, his views, what, how, he, you know, how he expresses his life, uh, the things, you know, is so against what she is. How, you know, this 19-year-old girl, and yet she lays on top of him and protects him from what was going to be certain disaster health-wise. But when he gets up, he never thanks her. They do think they track his son down. His son does thank her in the end, and she gets a, this photograph that's on the front of Time magazine. She shows her said to him. He doesn't deserve it, but she gives him everything. She gives him his life, basically. That is the weight of what the Lord is saying here to folks concerning the story of the Good Samaritan. Go and show loving kindness to brothers and sisters. It's extraordinary. And it was an impact. Bearing in mind he's on his way to the cross. That is the message of the Good Samaritan. Next week we'll pick it up. Oh, no, in fact, well, not next week. Oh, I'm ahead of myself now. But we'll move on because he's moving now towards the cross and he goes to Mary and Martha. And now there's another person who's working for him, but he actually doesn't know what the important thing is. And, and, and Mary's at his feet and we have that discussion and we'll pick that up at a later time. But it's such a deep teaching, the teaching of the Good Samaritan, where it is in Jesus's life, how he, how he shuts down this, this person with, with, such, with such words, but with such care as well. And, you know, that's a good technique that he uses. When somebody challenges you uh, and, 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 and says, you know, what's your views on, on such and such? You can turn around and say, well, what's your views? You know, and then the next part is once you've heard their views, because they're, now they're having to express what they think. Because a lot of people don't know what they think. But they're out to trip people out. We say, well, what's your view on it then? Well, well my view is different than your view. Let me explain to you why I think I do. Now you're in a dialogue and, a, and, a, and a, you see what I'm saying? You've just pulled the confrontation away. Um, and, you know, we can do this. We can, we, can, we can work on it. But, you know, loving kindness. Go and do. Go and do this forever is what Jesus is saying. That's how you get eternal life. And the response is this. You and I can't do it. It's a standard that's too high. There are things in our lives we just can't love certain people. There are things in our lives where we just can't, we can't, we just can't care for them. We just, there isn't, they, they, you, you know, you could turn to God and say, well, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what they've said to me. You don't know how we behave, you know. But, and the Lord will say this. He said, well, you've got to die and let me live through you. And you can love a Samaritan. And that for the Jews was the ultimate ultimate they were unlovable to them but jesus says go and do me through you will help you go and show said go and show loving kindness go and show to someone who doesn't deserve it but give them everything that you have in jesus name amen let's pray father i want to say thank you for this story of of the good samaritan lord we're in familiar territory but are we do we really know what you're saying there lord and Lord, I thank you that, that there, was a, there was a clash, really. One was, uh, I'll do it once. But you said, no, go and do it for continually. And Lord, we can't live this way continually without first dying and allowing you to live through us. 
We thank you that we can forgive people. We thank you, Lord God, that we can live with people. We can show said to people, but it can only be through your power and your strength through us. We thank you, Lord, for the lesson of the Good Samaritan. And we thank you, Lord, for the capacity that you had to show love to those trying to trip you up. Because um, we didn't know. We don't know what he did from then on. But we thank you, Lord, that you continued on your journey to that place of the cross, that place of power, that place where the enemy is defeated, the place where we have to go to live in victory. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you. I'm going to sign off now. And uh, so handing over to Pastor James for, from next week uh, until he's brought his teachings, as it were, and then I'll come back in with this particular subject all right so we just finished chapter 10 can you imagine all those hours hours and hours and we're only into chapter 10 you don't know but it shows you doesn't it bless you thanks for listening